What up, what up, what up? Wake up with your boy this morning on the Coach AB Show. We got a lit show today. The Korean Coach Cell, Steve Kim, will join me once again. Uh, <clears throat> seems like everybody loves his presence. We're going to have him on. We're going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals firing their O-line coach on his day off before the, season, before the game even played uh, last week in Mexico City. Matt McChesney will join me, break down Thanksgiving games tomorrow. And uh, Jameis Winston's author, the author of his book, One of One, who was very upset at me that I called Jameis out and I said he's injury prone and not very good. Apparently his family and uh, management uh, weren't very happy. He is joining the show to break this thing down and have a debate. Hey, man, great conversations always begin and end with disagreements. Can't wait to talk to him. And have this one out, along with Pet Beverly being a bitch-made cat. All that and more, plus the Maui Invitational, NBA, and so much more today. This show is going to be action-packed. Make sure you pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. We're going to get after it here this morning on the Coach JB Show. I appreciate everybody joining in. See you on the other side. Yes, yes, drinking my juice, got my coffee, getting it ready to roll. We got a lot going on today. Um, the Korean coach, Sal Steve Kim, will join me again a little bit later. We're going to talk about uh, Arizona Cardinals firing their offensive line coach. Uh, yesterday, Last Chance Q, we aired live, me and Sean Salisbury. What a, what a fucking show. Uh, if you didn't see it, I'd advise you to go watch it. Pretty comical. Two and a half hour rants, breaking down film. Talking about Clint Eastwood still fucking and uh, Dak Prescott being stiff as a porn dick. We broke all that down last night. Um, how bad Russell Wilson looks and how disinterested he is. We broke down a lot of film. We broke down a lot of banter, a lot of football talk last night on Last Chance Q. We announced also that we're going to be going live five days a week starting Monday for an hour and a half every day. 5.30 Pacific. Um, I'm sorry, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8 p.m. East Coast. So 5 p.m. Pacific. We will be a lot earlier than we were last night. We just did last night on the spur of the moment. So please, uh, if you guys want any documentation, PowerPoints, anything, follow our Patreon. Um, follow our Patreon, um, which is located in our social media bio links. Um, Man, what a uh, show today. We got to get after it. Uh, Lane Kiffin announced uh, he's going to talk to his he talked to his team and told him I'm not going anywhere, apparently. But then his son reacted on Twitter. Uh, if you hadn't seen that thing, it's pretty interesting. Um, basically, his son uh, kind of looking at it weird. I mean. Lane does a hell of a job on Twitter, in my opinion. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I know he addressed his team, but no one really knows what he said. We're going to see how that ends up. Um, 
And we got Jameis Winston's one of one author. Can't wait to get him on. Can't wait to get him on and uh, figure this thing out. Um, Anthony Truehouse said, Bob Greasy used to smoke before games. Smoke cigarettes? Probably did. Um, cigarettes? Weed. What are we talking here? What are we talking? What are we talking, dog? I'm, I'm curious on which one you're talking about. Cigarettes or weed? Uh, the marathon continues, Hector. Let's first of all get you with the quote of the day. It is easy to be average. It is hard to be different. Make sure you realize that because a lot of you guys are just being average and you wake up being average. Don't make your bed is average. Don't wash your ass is average. Don't brush your teeth. It's average. It's easy being average. Um, just going about your day, hoping some fucking God's gift falls upon you and you win the lotto instead of going out and grinding and fucking earning it. We don't earn our keep anymore. Sorry. Uh, but it's easy to be average. And I think 99% of us are average. Uh, go be different. That's all I can tell you today. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Happy holidays to all. Uh, this will be the last show of the week. So uh, appreciate everybody hitting the like button, subscribe. Become a member if you're not one because next week's going to be lit. Two shows a day once again. One of them being Last Chance Q in the evening. Um, poll question. Um, just got to ask you. Poll question. Is the Dallas Cowboys a serious contender with Dak Prescott? We broke Dak down last night. I got to ask you guys in the in the building uh, here in the chat. Are the Dallas Cowboys a serious contender? They're averaging 31 points a game with Dak's return. Uh, blew out the Minnesota Vikings. They obviously have a good team, but uh, I don't know if he can get over the hump. Got to break it down. Can't wait. Uh, contrary to belief, brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code believe, B-L-E-A-V. Bet on all things tomorrow, Thanksgiving, on all things this weekend. Uh, the college football BCS playoff committee voted. Uh, number five and six are interesting. We're going to discuss it later on with Steve Kim. Uh, contrary to belief, leading is difficult. Following is easy. Contrary to your belief, leading is difficult. Following is fucking easy. I don't know if you realize that or know that. Um, contrary to belief, the popular take is easy. Everybody has a popular take because it's fucking easy. Everybody already said it. Everybody already did it. Who has the unpopular take? I do. I like being unpopular. Um, usually take, you know, the unpopular take is difficult and usually unwavering. That means I'm not going to fucking waver in my belief. I'm going to tell you what it is and how it is. You can take it or you don't take it. Unfortunately, it's real easy to fucking give you the popular opinion. Everybody does that shit. And pop and, and contrary to belief, sports used to build character. I don't know if it really does anymore. I don't know. I don't know if it does anymore. Uh, can't wait to have that discussion uh, later on. It, it's unfortunate, but I don't know if it does anymore. I uh, really don't. Um, can't wait for Steve Kim to join me. Uh, Matt, Matt McChesney as well in the second hour. And then you got uh, Jameis Winston's author. Uh, he has a book of one of one. He's going to join me. Apparently, he's not very happy 
that I, he called me a troll, believe it or not. He said I was trolling a guy that's just banged up from, from his back, his knee and all this. And I'm like, look, dog, cry me a fucking river. Cry me a river. Your guy's hurt. He threw 30 picks. <laughs> He's not very good anyway. So I don't want to hear that, you know, it hurts my soul. I lost my job due to injury bullshit. All right. I can't wait to break this down because I'm going to break it down with Steve Kim before this man arrives. And uh, I, do you remember a guy named Drew Bledsoe? How about Tony Romo? How about Dak Prescott taking Tony Romo's job nobody talks about because of an injury? How about Drew Brees losing his job to Phillip Rivers because of an injury? How about fucking Joe Montana losing his job to Steve Young because of an injury? And I can go on and on and on. How about Alex Smith losing his job to for because of an injury to Colin Kaepernick? See, nobody wants to break these things down. I'm going to break it all down and uh, can't wait to get into it. Um, Ooh, Anthony Truehouse, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Anthony Truehouse, you sound like a fucking moron, by the way. This motherfucker said he plays rec ball. Another troll. Another troll in here. God damn. My morning juice. I got a little. I got a little. I had to cut some weight, get back down. Um, so I've already lost about eight pounds this week alone. Again, I'm right there underneath 270, man. So I've came a long way. I was 300 pounds just when we started the Coach JB show. Just remember that. Um, yeah, he's shocked. Jameis Winston's shocked. And Shane Bailey, it is troll season. There's no fucking way. You know damn well it's troll season. Um, yeah, Bruce Helms, you that's if if guess what? If I was a female, I'd have a pussy. <laughs> Do you realize that? Do you realize the shit you say is fucking dogs go woof, cats go meow? Do you know you say the basic shit? Arizona Cardinals offensive line coach was fired before they played in Mexico City. I'm curious to know why. Well, yesterday on uh, Last Chance Q with Pat, with uh, my main man, Steve, uh, I mean, Sean, Sean Salisbury, uh, I, was just, I was just seeing a text from Steve Kim. Um, we broke down the firing, and uh, I got a few birdies in the building in Arizona, and I found out some things, and I said it last night before it even dropped on Last Chance Q. I said, I know why he got fired. Nobody was talking about it. Well, now this morning, ESPN dropped that he was fired for groping females. I was told he was drunk and had a little bit of a couple $2 hollers on his shoulders, and apparently that means he was fucking some prostitutes. And uh, that's the rumor that I heard. So it is rumor. You don't really know unless you're there. But obviously something happened. They fired him and sent him home before the game even started. He did not even coach in the game. Uh, me and Sean talked about leadership trickling downhill. You know, 
you got a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, who they obviously do not respect. You saw number 33 layup, didn't even want to tackle Kittle. Three other defensive players didn't want to tackle. The effort was unfucking believably bad. The team is not playing for Kingsbury. And then you have an offensive line coach who's fucking hose, drinking. I mean, the Cardinals, and again, that is on Cliff Kingsbury. So you understand, this is on Cliff Kingsbury. He is accountable for this whole operation. The offensive line coach is responsible for setting a little bit of a better example and saying, you know what? I understand pussy's undefeated. I know pussy's undefeated. But you know what? I got a team that I've dedicated myself to to be there for. So I'm not, I'm going to stay away from the hose tonight. Get ready to play this game tomorrow against the 49ers. Um, but he did not do that. And that just tells me that he doesn't really have his priorities in order, and neither does that team. And that's why that Arizona Cardinal team is imploding in front of our very own eyes. I can't believe Click Fingsbury has a job today. Um, attitude reflects leadership. We all know that. Regardless of what you do, how you do it, that is a badly ran organization right now. And it's unfortunate, but leadership trickles downhill. And they don't have a leader. They don't have a leader there. You see it's clear as day how the quarterback talks back to the coach, how the quarterback fights with the wideouts, how the players don't want to tackle. They don't want to give effort for the head coach. Um, that is a direct reflection of Cliff Kingsbury. And now you have an offensive line coach who basically told Cliff Kingsbury, fuck you too. I don't give a fuck if you hired me and gave me a job. Uh, I'm going to go fuck some hoes, drink some liquor, fuck the game, and get fired on my day off. That is what he did in essence. And uh, I'm very, very surprised. I'm very, very surprised um, that Truesdale, you got to go. You're, you're a troll. We realize that. Um, you know... Very, very surprised that he's lasted this long, uh, Jeremiah, to be honest. Um, to be honest, very, very surprised he's la he's lasted that long. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't fired after that blowout loss, after the O-line coach incident, after the guys don't play hard for him. Very interesting, to say the least. Pat Beverly, uh, bitch-made cat, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you know how I feel. Uh, I actually like the cat uh hearing some things he says i actually i gained some respect for him uh during the offseason when he was on espn co-hosting with Stephen a and, and i love how he was just combative with all those fucking uh espn guys because i just don't like the espn guys that much besides a few guys I, I got some great friends at espn by the way mark jones matt barry uh you know michael collins uh the great golf uh extraordinaire analyst announcer um i got a lot of good friends there i'm even good with dan orlovsky uh i got a lot of good people there there's a lot of good people there um but then there's a lot of do boys there a lot of motherfuckers just do as they're told and and have to do what they've told and uh so i love how pat Beverly used to talk back to the motherfuckers all the time and i thought it was comical um having said that though last night he pushed Aiton in the back once again. 
uh, Booker came out and said, man, you got to start push, stop pushing dudes in the back and push them in the front. And I like that, but I think Booker's a bitch-made cat. So see what I'm saying? It's a lot of bitch-made cats talking to bitch-made cats. And that is the problem. That is the sole problem. We got a lot of bitch-made cats talking to bitch-made cats. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest. That's really what's happening. So let's be real here. Um, you know, Pat Beverly fucking pushes the dude in the back. Um you know, uh, let's see. Uh, TikTok has had me suspended for like a week on live. So I'm going to go live again right now. So trolls in the thing. Don't say nothing to get me pissed off because I'll cuss you out and then they'll ban me again. Um, TikTok's comical. Um, but, you know, I have to, people tell me I got to go on there every so often. I don't know what you guys thought about Pat Beverly. Did you guys see the Pat Beverly thing? Um, I don't know if you saw the Pat Beverly thing. You know, Pat Beverly pushed the guy in the back. Um, you know, I think it's just bitch made catness. I, I don't know. That's what it is, man. Is that even a thing? Bitch made catness. <laughs> that is what he is. Uh, it's unfortunate. That is what, uh, that's what Beverly is. That is what Beverly is. He pushes cats in the back. He pushed Chris Paul in the back. I think Chris Paul, though, is the epitome of a bitch-made cat, to be honest. But uh, Pat Beverly pushed the guy in the back last night. Um, Lakers been playing better. They lost to the Suns last night by 10. Anthony Davis is actually playing like a top-five NBA player again, like he used to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's up, Anthony Davis. I thought he was going to ball this year uh, if he was going to be, uh, you know, healthy. It's un- it's weird how the Lakers are playing better without LeBron and AD is playing better without LeBron. Is that not weird? Has anyone thought about that? I don't know. Uh, Pat Beverly said he's a foxhole guy. Pat Beverly said he is a foxhole guy. That's crazy to me. Um, you're not a foxhole guy because if you're a foxhole guy, uh, you would do the things that prevent the stuff, not after the fact. After the fact is easy. I just talked about it on my quote. It's easy to be average. It's hard to be different. Unavailability is the single number one common denominator for uh, being a scrub. You are a scrub, Pat Beverly. And I can't believe the Lakers signed this scrub. And, uh, I mean, I just don't know what he's ever done. Why do people really, do they like him because he's just loud and talks shit? Like, I'm confused on what Pat Beverly has actually ever done. He can't score no points. He's an average defender. I don't know why people think he's this great lockdown defender. I've seen Pat Beverly get iced by half the league. I don't understand why we're saying this guy's such a lockdown like Joe Dumars or something. He ain't Joe Dumars. And he can't score. So I'm confused as to why everyone thinks and loves Pat Beverly. Because he's a BMK. Bitch made cat. So I don't know. That's just me. Uh, the Maui Invitational, if anyone watches college basketball last night, Creighton beat Arkansas. Arizona beat San Diego State. Uh, if anyone cares, I don't watch college basketball this early. I don't watch college basketball until the final four. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. 
I don't watch it till the final four. So sorry. Um, yeah, the Nets lose to the 76ers with eight players. 76ers rostered eight players last night because Tobias Harris got hurt in the first half. He actually came back, but I think he gave them nine players. The, the 76ers beat the Nets. The Nets are the worst rebounding team in basketball. They're small. They play no defense. And they have a hit-and-miss Kyrie Irving who plays here and there. And KD. Ben Simmons came back, made a layup. Made a layup, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons made a layup. It was off of a tip. He shot a layup. Because, <laughs> uh, homie, I know sports. I know everything. What do you mean? I don't even need to watch that I knew Tobias Harris got hurt. I know sports, dog. I know some of you are shocked that I can just spit out shit about every sport. But, yeah, I do. It's having the it factor. That's how I know Tobias Harris got hurt. Did I watch the game? No. I don't watch the games, but I heard that and I saw it and I, I'm like, all right, well, 76 is a garbage. <laughs> um, no. Oh, he missed the two free throws too. I heard. Yeah. What do I know, Hector? I don't know nothing. Shoot. TikTok. What up, man? I'm back in the house. I'm back in the building after they put me on a, a week long suspension. If you guys want to come on over to the coach AB show, come on over live on YouTube. Uh, I can't cuss on TikTok because a lot of you guys on TikTok are soft. Um, you you are soft as Charmin. I'm letting everybody know live on TikTok. A lot of you young cats on TikTok are some weirdos. Um, but you know what, TikTok? They suspend me once a day, it seems like. So I'm back after a week's hiatus. Uh, they put me like on a week ban from going live. Because you guys say dumb stuff, and then I bark back at you because, you know, there is not an app real enough to hold me. There's not an app real enough to hold me. That is the problem. Too many rules on TikTok. <laughs> Be honest. There's too many rules on everything, though, because everybody suspends me. What's your guys' take on Twitter and Elon Musk? I'm curious on what this is. I don't really know what's going on. Everyone thought Twitter was going to go down last week. Uh Elon Musk is the number one tweeter of all time now. He's just on everybody's algorithm, if you haven't noticed. So he took over and bumped his algorithm all the way up. So if you're not even following Elon Musk, Elon Musk is the first cat on Twitter every single part of your feed. Elon Musk is is gained like 20 million followers since he took over. Like, have you guys seen all this algorithm jump on Twitter? Um. I'm curious, do we really need Twitter to survive? I'm confused because everybody thinks we need Twitter. I don't know why Twitter is such a big thing. Um, I don't know why Twitter is such a big deal. I don't know. Um, but it is what it is. Dreammaker, what up? What up? What's going on in the TikTok world? Uh, come on over to YouTube. Um, See, that's the thing, Ryan Gilligan. It's a great thing. Elon supports free speech. I, does he? Does he really? Does he really, Ryan Gilligan? It's cur I'm curious why you say that. Because if he was such a big pro-free speech guy, then why is he suspending dudes that talk back to him? Why is he deleting their profiles? I'm curious, Ryan Gilligan, if he's such a see. That's a lot of see. A lot of you cats just talk. A lot of you cats don't really look down the reel and say, you know what? 
is he really free speech? Because if he's really free speech, by the way, you could block me personally, right? But if you have the power to delete you off the app because somebody barked at you and said they don't agree with something you said, last I heard, dog, that's freedom of speech. <laughs> so why is he deleting cats off Twitter if it's such a free freedom of speech cat? See, come on, man. He ain't no freedom of speech cat. Cat's deleting you if you say something back to him. Come on, man. He's a joke, too. And his cars are shitty. <laughs> right, let's be real. Let, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Uh, his cars are garbage. If you ever think I'm going to... I hope... I hope I'm not, Man, I hope I make a lot of money. I can live the next few years fat and luxurious so I don't have to buy an electric car because I don't want to drive an electric car and I'm not going to drive an electric car. So just throwing that out there right now, all right? Just throwing that out there. So I'm just curious. No, they didn't. Ryan Gilligan, he deleted Michael Rappaport, homie. He deleted a bunch of prof uh, real people. What are you talking about? He deleted real people because they called him out. So go look. Go look it up. Let me ask you something. How do I hate on someone that I've never, I don't know? I don't know, Elon. So I don't really hate on anything. I don't hate on him. I'm, hate, I, I'm calling out what he's done. Which is again factual evidence, the truth. Why do a lot of you cats avoid the truth like the plague, dog? I'm curious. Why do you avoid the truth like the plague? Coach, he deleted parody account. Really? I know four people personally that he's deleted his account of. But you avoid it like the plague. You won't call it out like it is. That's what kills me with it, dog. Like, it blows my mind that you cats are sitting there like, yeah, he, they're parody accounts. No, they're not. No, they're not. He just let back the redheaded comedian. He just brought her back. Was she a parody account? No. She, she changed her name and called him out, and he deleted her. Like, let's look at it. <laughs> Sean Waffle, I, I commend you. I commend you for avoiding it. Real, uh, real talk. Uh, Ryan, I don't even know what you're talking about. Become a member, and then we'll have a debate. Uh, you're not even a member. How do you like Elon Musk? Elon Musk is a billionaire. You can't even pay $1.99. Shut the hell up. <laughs> There's a guy that supports a billionaire and rather talk about him who he'll never talk to. And he has the opportunity to sit here live with me and talk to a real human that's a realist. And he can't pay $1.99. But he wants to support Elon Musk. <laughs> God. You know the worst thing about people? I'm be honest with you. I'm just spitting a few gems real quick uh, at you. Uh, 
you need to look at your friends, your closely knitted pack, circle, your homies, your friends. All right. Look at your friends and uh, see how many Jordans they buy from a guy named Michael Jordan, who they'll never meet. Don't know. Don't know anything about. See how many Jordans they'll buy. See how many Apple phones they'll buy. See how many. See how many other people they'll support before they ever support you and your business, your homeboy, their homies business. They will skip to support a cat they don't know who's already a million or a billionaire. That is when you cut people off, fellas. I'm just being honest. That is when you cut your partners off. And if they don't realize they did it, you got to cut them off once again. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just telling you. Too many of my former boys or what I thought were would refuse to support their homie, their partner, their their boy, their acquaintance, whatever you want to call it, someone they actually know, grew up with, etc. But they'll buy Jordans. They'll buy video games. They'll buy everything in the in, under the sun before they support you and then they'll be quick to talk shit about something you said <laughs> that ain't your homeboy dog being honest with you i'm being honest with you that's what it is uh pat beverly uh, I, I don't think he's a foxhole guy. I think he's a coward who pushes people in the back. I mean, that's just real. Um, Creighton plays Arizona in the Maui Classic final today, if anyone cares. Louisville fell to Texas Tech 70 to 38. By the way, Louisville's 0 5 for the first time since 1941. The World War, 1941. Cleveland Browns. Uh, Field. I don't know if you heard about the field of the Cleveland Browns field. I wish I had Gab Gowdy on today. She was on yesterday, did a great job. A FanDuel uh, host of Unsportsmanlike Conduct podcast on FanDuel. She's all Cleveland Cleveland uh, sports fanatic. Um, the Cleveland Browns field was vandalized by an unknown driver. If you didn't see this, apparently there's film out there. A guy drove up on the field some way and absolutely vandalized the Cleveland Browns field. How do you get onto the Cleveland Browns field in your vehicle? Blows my mind. I don't get it. Lane Kiffin, like I said earlier, meets with his team, denies rumors that he's accepted the Auburn job, reported by a Mississippi TV station. And I think, hey, Hector, what do I know, Hector? What do I know? But I think on this show, I think on this show, I said that, I spoke to Lance Leopold, and I think I, he's staying. And I think I said it on my show two months ago. Lance Leopold said he's staying. Leipold, however you want to say his name. Uh, Lance is staying. Uh, and uh, the University of Washington's head coach, Coach DeBoer, has been extended. Uh, Leipold through 2029. DeBoer through 2028. Uh, both coaches having real good, a lot of success this year. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, Sean. Sean Waffle, I'm going to go out on a limb here. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say 
KU gets it done and beats K-State because of this announcement alone that he is staying. He's going to beat K-State, and uh, that's going to give me my seventh win. And I think I said it. I said I wouldn't be surprised if they beat K-State and get their seventh win uh, by beating K-State. Um the final four is going to Las Vegas in 2028. That'll be an absolute joke. We're going to we're going to see uh, another NBA All-Star weekend which was an absolute joke. Uh I was actually there. I had to get out of there. It was chaotic. Like it was a war zone. It was cats getting jacked, cats getting stabbed, not you know you name it. There was some go- it was going down in Vegas during NBA All-Star weekend. I had to get out of there. So it is what it is. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been ruled out for tonight's game against the Warriors. Leonard has a sprained ankle. Shocker. And George has a right hamstring tendon strain. Shocker. Do you guys think both of them smoke big weed? (laughs) Hey, dog, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I know I came out on Whitlock. If you haven't watched my episode, I put it up on YouTube yesterday. Uh, you know, even Whitlock had to go look into some things. Dog, I'm not saying it's factual. I'm saying it's a possibility. Why aren't we looking into it? Why haven't we looked into it? I do know there is some factual evidence in it. I do know there is some factual evidence within it. I do know that it has been linked to bone mineral density. I do know that, but nobody wants to talk about it. Hey, uh, Brian Case, he sent me a picture Every single one of them cats looked loaded, didn't they? I saw that picture. Um, I saw that picture. First of all, Justin Sounders, how do I know if these guys even smoke? Well, actually, you're talking to somebody that actually does know because I know people that know, and I know people that know these people, and I either have somebody on a team, a coach, or somebody, or I wouldn't be saying it. I don't just say it to say it like you. I actually say stuff that I actually know. See, unlike you. So that is why I say it. Because I don't want to come back and have to issue a fake apology. Because that's not what I'm going to do. So I'm not going to eat crow and come back later. Now, eating crow is something different. Eating crow is a prediction. That means I said Zach Wilson would be pretty good. So far, I'm eating crow. He's looked horrible. That is different than putting your foot in your mouth and saying something about someone or assuming something that you don't know nothing about. There's a complete difference. So that is why I say what I say, just so we're clear. And just because you don't know, don't assume that I don't know. (laughs) I should make that a quote. Shit, just because you don't know don't mean I don't know. God dang. Listen, listen. This is how I look at it, Slap Richard. I don't know if weed is the cause. My, My agent actually called me and told me I'm nuts for saying it. And he's like, only your ass would go out on a limb and say it. And I'm like, yeah, so you're calling me nuts for saying it. And you're saying that that is a hell of an assumption. 
Well, what if I said that's a hell of an assumption that you're saying it's not the cause? Like, I'm curious. So you don't know that it's not. I don't know that it is. But you're right. <laughs> like, does that is that not the most ignorant statement you've ever heard? So I'm wrong because you think I'm wrong? Or do you know I'm wrong? You don't know because you don't know if it's a cause or not. That's why I've brought it to the attention of folks. And you know what? I give credit to a lot of folks out there who actually came forward and said, dang, it's trip because me and my dad smoke weed and we're hurt all the time. My dad fell off a ladder and his hip is gone. <laughs> That's an actual D DM I got. And he's like, you made me think. And I've seen a lot of comments under Whitlock uh, post on Twitter that said, you know what? Not a bad idea. You got to think about it. It makes you wonder at least. All I said is let's make, open your mind up and think about it because I've been a coach for how long? I've been a player for how long? My most of my adult life. All right. And I've been around it. And if I'm telling you, I've never seen anything positive come from it. And I've only seen negative such as injury, such as return rates being slower, such as cognitive responses being slower. And like I said yesterday, until I see Barry Sanders go out, hit the joint, shake 14 dudes and go for 400 yards, please make me understand how it is a good thing for you to do as an athlete. Until I see Kawhi Leonard just get lifted on the bench, go out there and drop 50 and win an NBA title, why would I assume it is a good thing? Dog, I haven't seen I haven't seen a good come out of it. I haven't seen anything good come out of it. Sorry. Sorry. Not as an athlete. I haven't seen anything good come out of it, period. Now me and Matt can debate it. Me and White Oak can debate it. Me and my boys at All Smoke, we can debate it. We can debate it. It's healthy. It's cool. All I'm saying is, you're a grown-ass man. White Oak's a grown man. What he does at home, chilling and doing his thing, is what he does. He's not in competitive sports making millions of dollars and affecting the fan base who paid for his ticket to go see them play or not see them play because they're unavailable. Wido is a grown man doing his own thing. Matt McChesney's a grown man doing his own thing. All my homeboys are grown men doing their own thing. They work nine to fives. They do regular hustles and jobs. They're not playing professional football, basketball, or what have you. You know what? Then there's no, I don't have any expectation for them. I don't have any expectation for Wido to come out, blow some, and then come out and give me when the next meteor shower is going to hit United States. <laughs> I'm not dependent on Wido for that. I, I'm not depending on him for nothing. I'm depending on him to have a good time, kick it, chill, come on the show, BS, get high, whatever. There's a huge difference in discrepancies here. You guys are taking it 
from a person that is chilling as a grown man who deserves to do what he wants to do with his life and a dude that I'm paying to go watch or not watch because you're unavailable. There's a huge difference. That's why I brought up, can this be something? Can weed be causing bones to be brittle, causing soft tissue damage or recovery speed time? Can it be a real thing? That's all I'm saying. And there is factual evidence that there are things out there saying that there is. And then there's other people saying, we don't know. So it is what it is. All I'm saying is, let's bring it up. Let's bring it up. Um, TikTok, come on over to YouTube live. I'm here for it. Come on in. Uh, Steve Kim from Whitlock Show, Korean Cosell will join me. Jameis Winston, author, is going to be joining me live. And Matt McChesney will be joining me. A fire-ass episode coming your way. Come on over here. See King, eat a dick up. Peace. Um, yeah, Kaiser's watching the show loaded. Like, Kaiser, but you're not out there crossing over Kyrie Irving. Like, I'm not here to watch you block Miles Garrett. <laughs> Like, that's what, I, that's what I don't get. That's what you guys don't understand. Pretty sure it's wear and tear, sexy guy said. Pretty sure you're a troll dick rider, sexy guy. Um, so my 22-year-old John Morant and Zion Williamson has wear and tear at 22 years old. And they're not available, right? That's what you're telling me, right? Oh, being 6'9 and jumping high and landing on all that weight can have future repercussions. Really? Let me ask you something, sexy guy. So you're, since you're so knowledgeable on biomechanics, um, how long did Shaquille fucking Neil play in the NBA? How long did Wilt Chamberlain play in the NBA? How long did Mark Smith play in the NBA? How long did fucking Sean Bradley play in the NBA? By the way, he was seven foot seven. Uh, how long did Manu Bull play in the league? I'm curious. All of a sudden, all of a fucking sudden, six, nine people jumping out of the gym, landing on their fucking feet is a wear and tear issue now, right? So Sean Kemp dunking on every single human in the NBA for fucking 12 years is not a wear and tear issue, right? <laughs> Some of you motherfuckers just talk. So let's forget everybody that was 6'9 who ever played in the NBA for 20 years. Let's fucking forget Dominique Wilkins. Let's forget Vince Carter. Let's forget all the 6'7", six, 6'8", six, six, guys who jump out the gym for the history of fucking athletics. And let's now say the 21 and 22-year-olds can't do it. You know what I think you are, sexy guy? I think you're a fucking moron who is making excuses for excuses because you're such a pro-weed guy that there's just no way it could be weed. It has to be that the 21-year-old has wear and tear now from jumping high. 
Because <laughs> no one's ever jumped high before in the NBA. And no one's ever played longer than two years. No way. <laughs> Holy fuck, some of you guys are dumb. Some of you motherfuckers are just dumb. Like, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. Holy fuck. There's really no way around it. I can't say nothing else. That you're just dumb. This is the this is that entitled bitch ass generation of you motherfuckers who don't understand that there's been other people before you. There's been other things before you, dog. You you understand? There's a thing called research and history, and go back and look at certain things and certain people and what they've done. This ain't just your world, homie. This ain't just your life and your world for what you know in it. Guess what? There's been motherfuckers before you. Do you know that? Do you know they lived the life? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I don't know. Look. And I'm not saying I, I I've been clear. I said I don't know if it's I don't know if it's I'm not saying it's factual evidence that this is the reason. All I'm saying is look into it because I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I've seen bad things. Never seen good. That's all I'm saying. I've never seen good things. So I know Kawhi and Paul George smoke big weed. Why are these motherfuckers always hurt? Why do we have 900 fucking dudes hurt? I'm just curious, dog. 900 cats are hurt in the NBA and the NFL. There's got to be something to it. Now, let's comprise that with lack of sleep because we play video games all night or on our phones all night or doing social media things. Let's comprise that with the worst work ethic of our generation. Let's comprise that with weak bodies who are fatigued with the marijuana. And now let's put that together with soft bitch made cats with no tough skin, with no desire to fight through pain. Let's throw all that together. Now we do have 900 cats injured and now we know why or not even injured hurt. That's why, in my opinion, that's why. But I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, just throwing that out there. Uh, Chase Chase Sr. will not be able to join us today, So, but we do have some great guests joining us today um, in lieu of Chase. Chase went, can't join us today. Uh, he's, got, he's got to travel for Thanksgiving, and he's got some shows due. He'll be back next Wednesday uh, in full swing. So throwing that out there. Um, it's funny that um, Christopher Powell, it's a lot of shit. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. So now all of a sudden, see, see, see have you noticed the chat? Have, everybody's making excuses. Everyone's making excuses. No one's just saying, you know what? It could be. Let's look into it. I'm not going to, like Justin could say, you know what? I don't agree, but I'm not, I'm not throwing it out of the total out of the park yet because it could be something to it coach you might be onto something maybe you're full of shit i would respect that but here we go here's the excuses here's the excuses 
we got all these excuses now um, in this thing. Like, it's unbelievable. Coach, what if they have low testosterone? So now all of a sudden we got low testosterone. Do you realize the excuses some of you motherfuckers are making for the excuses for these motherfuckers to be out? Do you realize how fucking soft and shitty and enabled you sound? Like, you got to be shitting me. So now all of a sudden we got low testosterone. And by the way, no, I've never been injured. I've never been injured. I've never been injured where I missed extended time. Uh, 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 contrary to belief. Nope, never missed a game. I broke fingers. Never missed, though. My, and my shit heals fast. And let me ask you guys something. What do I say all the time? What do I always say? What have I said on Pat McAfee's show? What have I said on, on different people's shows? What do I call Chris CP2? What do I call Chris Paul? A bleeder. You're a bleeder. You know what, dog? There's bleeders? No, it ain't no genetic freak, dog. There are bleeders in the in this world that can't stop a nosebleed for shit. Always hurt. Always bleeding. Fucking cut on their skin. You know what? When you cut me, I see blood. I hold it down. Fucking stops bleeding real fast, dog. Being honest. Like, you know what? My mindset said I'm not missing a game because I broke all my fucking fingers and dislocated them and snapped them in games. I'm going to set them bitches back. I'm playing. My mindset said, you know what? Fuck that. You know what? I drink milk. I still drink milk. I've drank milk my entire life. And my dad told me milk was the best thing ever, and I never, ever stopped believing it. My bones have been the – I've had the strongest bones. To knock on wood, I've ever been around. Any of my boys will tell you. My bones are concrete. I attested to, to good genetics with milk. I drink milk, dog. I always have. Uh, I even have calcium deposits um, in, my, in my knees because I drink so much fucking milk, by the way. Uh, you guys know what Osgood Slaughters is? Anyone know what Osgood Slaughters is? I got Osgood Slaughters. It's actually considered a disease. It's not. It's a fucking calcium deposit in your knee. So it gives you like a bone that sticks out of your knee. I have that. But I have it because it's a lot. I drink a lot of fucking milk. But you know what? Calcium deposit went over an injury. The injury just healed itself right over. The, a new bone kind of. It's actually not a bone. It's actually just a calcium deposit. But it's as hard as a bone. And that's what Osgood Slaughters is. So, you know what? Hey, dog, fuck it. I've never had injury. I've never had issues. I got a little arthritis here and there, but it ain't that bad for a cat that's played his whole life, uh, been knocked around. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. So, I'm just saying. But we always want to talk about... We got to get all these fucking excuses now. We make all these excuses, dog. It's like, God... Damn, I just have never seen a cat hit the blunt and be out there like, fucking, let's go, yeah, let's get it cracking, I'm gonna shake a motherfucker. I've seen a motherfucker hit the blunt and be like, uh, uh, you got some Cheetos, homie, you got some uh, chili cheese fries, <laughs> you got some M&Ms, 
Like, I've never seen a motherfucker just be over-exuberant and fucking ready to roll. I, I just have never seen it. And I maybe I'm different. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do know that smoke in general, cigars, cigarettes, marijuana, I do know there's studies that that does lower your testosterone. So having said that, well, guess what? You don't just lose testosterone without smoking, right? So why are we why are we just not even talking about maybe the weed is causing low testosterone? I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. But that's why I'm not putting my foot in my mouth because I don't know that. All I'm saying is be cognizant of it. Open your mind to it. Look around. Maybe there is something. And in a few years, it comes out. Maybe I'm going to fucking trademark this bitch. And I'm going to say, fuck it. Be, I'm going to be right. Uh, LeBron James missed his fifth game with a groin issue, groin issue. Now, see, let's be honest. I don't know if LeBron smokes or not. I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't know. I know one person that knows him and 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 hangs around with him. I know Danny Green real well, but uh, I'm not gonna sit here and start conspiracy theorying every fucking injury, right? Every single injury is not weed, okay? Don't think I'm saying every injury is weed now. No, I'm not. That's what somebody will say on Twitter. Coach JB, this guy got a hang now. It's marijuana now. He'll be some stupid ass saying dumb shit, right? I'm not saying that, but understand something. Groin. Um, being on the inside of the femur is a little bit different than the hamstring connected to the back of the femur, uh, the largest bone in the body. If our bone, if our femur is actually have loss of bone density, uh, the biggest muscle in our body connected to that biggest bone in the body will deteriorate. Sorry, if you don't have any former biomechanic uh, expertise, then shut the fuck up. Just telling you. The Rams waived Daryl Henderson, the running back. I don't know why Cam Akers hasn't been waived, but Daryl or Daryl Henderson has. Um, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, tomorrow's Thanksgiving game. Can't wait till Matt joins us. Uh, yeah, LeBron's been healthy for most of his career, dog, and he spends a million dollars a year on his body. Like there's a lot of there's a lot to say positive about LeBron James. I'm not gonna sit up here and say a, a groin, a groin. I can see something going out on you for being a high uh, echelon athlete. Your motherfuckers, this guy's going hard every game, fast. He's always available for the most part. He's been available his whole career. Uh, so you know, a groin is a groin. I mean, I you know, it is what it is. But the hamstring thing, the shoulder thing, the fucking bone. All these stress fractures tells me that if it is marijuana, it could be a bone density matter. Stress fractures, dog. There's more stress fractures than I've ever fucking seen in my life. That is the number one reason I looked into the marijuana thing. Stress fractures. The number one reason I went and looked into it. That's the number one reason I went in there and looked into it. So, I don't know. Pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, appreciate you guys joining me on this work boot Wednesday. Can't wait for our guests to join us here, uh, soon. Um, if you're not a member of our Patreon, go check it out. Me and Sean Salisbury, last chance Q. We went live last night, man. Uh, had a great time. If you get, if you didn't witness that, go back and watch it. It was, it was a comical night. Uh, Sean is one of one. Me and Sean will be coaching together. I'm going to be making an announcement on social media. 
uh, in Dallas for the Army All-American game in December. Uh, I'm going to be coaching on uh, Houston Nuts staff. Scott Frost is the head coach for the other staff. Uh, let's just say, you know, there was a reason I'm not on that staff. Um, so it'll be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, going to be interesting, man. Very interesting. Interesting deal. Uh, the game's on TV, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and uh, it's the it's the it's the it's the week of December. I think I'll be out there the 13th through like the 18th or something. So it'll be a full week. I'll be in Dallas at the D, uh, at the Star. So uh, if you're in town, look me up. Come check us out. And uh, William Brown, what up, man? You got my dad's name and my brother's name, my grandpa's name. You got three of my fucking family's names. You a fucking ghost? You a ghost of my uh, my folks or what's going on? Uh, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Uh, the Rams are bad, but you know what? The Rams, one time, the Rams, the Rams were actually, were actually roundtable coaching. So if you're not familiar with that, Coach Kersey, we're roundtabling the whole thing. So like Sean Salisbury is going to start with wideouts. I'll start with cues. Or running backs, Josh Booty will start with running backs or cues, and we'll rotate and we'll kind of coach them all. And that's kind of just how you do it in All Star games. A lot of All Star games, you kind of move around. Matt McChesney will be joining us. He's going to be coaching both offensive lines and defensive lines. He's going to be kind of moving around, from what I understand. Um, so it'll be a good deal, man. It'll be a good little uh, fun little trip uh, in Dallas. So. If you're in Dallas, come on, check us out. If you're there for the game, come on and check it out. Um, a lot of good talent. We have to evaluate some talent. Uh, we have to evaluate some talent. Um, this uh, this coming up week, we have to look at some film and evaluate it. So me and Sean are going to do some of that on our show, actually, uh, once we get clearance. Um, we're going to show a little bit of that because we have to give our grades because the grades of the kids that we're coaching has to go out on the national tabloids on espn and all these things for these high rated stars kids so we're gonna go watch them and give our opinion on what they are projected at going to uh at the next level is he an nfl guy is he a big time power five guy not an nfl guy just so you know you can be a power five guy and not an nfl guy there is a projection difference so i just want to be clear uh with you is he an fcs guy uh you know um you know, different things like that. So, you know, those are real. That is a real thing. Um, um, Steve Kim's going to join us. Um, Ryan Gilligan, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if they, if they require me to cuss at him, why are you going to be mad if I cuss at him? You're going to be mad if I cuss at the kids? You're going to tell on me? You're going to tell on me, Ryan? Fucking. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be fucking shocked. Coach yells at the kids. He's a cusser. Guess what? So is their fucking mom. Their mom cusses at them too. Fucking dumb fuck. I can't wait. I hope to. I'm going to cuss them out, and I'm going to say, shout out, Ryan Gilligan. 
You know why? Because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know if you realize that. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Baby Girl NYC, I appreciate you guys. Uh, the one and only Korean Cosell, Steve Kim, joining us here. Um, Steve, what up, man? I appreciate you jumping in here. Um, Morning. Short notice on the West Coast here in California. We got to hook up soon. We're both in L.A. and area, California, and uh, I can't wait to get with you, man. We'll, we'll fucking smoke some food and barbecue it up and watch some games. I got a big 200-inch TV. We'll watch it all, man. Short fast. Yeah, maybe this Sunday. Maybe this Sunday if you're available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be back from uh, – I'm going. To, I'm leaving Arizona right after this. I'm going to hang out with Pat Perez, my uh, live golfing champion homeboy. So we'll be out there with him. Uh, I'll be hanging out with him. I'll get all right. Golf. Golf in, we'll but I'll be doing though Saturday night. Absolutely, we'll do it soon. We have a good time. I, I enjoy your version of the fastest three minutes. That is unfiltered, <laughs> un unlicensed, by the way. That, but that is uncensored football coverage that you're giving there on the fly. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Steve. People always say there's no way you don't edit. I said, listen, I'm a one-time guy. Yeah. I do it one time. If I fuck it up, I fuck it up. But I'm gonna do it one time. And, hey, I did it live one day on a live show on YouTube so I could prove it. And they're like, damn. I'm like, hey, man, it is what it is. You got to be able to ad-lib on the run, right, Steve? Well, look, I, I get the sense you're not like one of those Instagram models that's looking at the lighting, the angles. And, hey, how'd this turn out, honey? No, no, no. You're basically, look, you got things to do like watch football. You, you don't have time to play Steven Spielberg here, okay? Hey, how many, how many times have you seen my fucking dogs in the reflection of yeah. the TV? <laughs> like, hey, lucky I don't have, like, condoms and shit floating around. People be like, close that condom on the table. Um <laughs> Hey, uh, I had my me and Sean Salisbury went live last night for the first time. We're gonna start going five days a week next week. We announced Ooh. it on Last Chance Q, and uh, we broke down Dak Prescott uh, versus Russell Wilson. We're gonna do that every week now, every day. We're gonna take two quarterbacks, kind of pair them together. Uh, some glaring things popped out on us last night watching watching film live uh, on the show. Dak Prescott is stiff as hell. I, I think I use the term "stiff as a porn dick," and. Russell looks disinterested as all get up. Uh, I don't know if you got to see what we broke down last night, but it is glaring now that we got to watch that up close and personal because I have so much film we can watch. Uh, Do you see the same thing? Yeah, I'm actually in the middle of the the Dak Prescott discussion that you guys had. You you know, and this is the thing that you guys pointed out that it, it confirmed to me from the layman's viewpoint. There are too many games when I watch the Dallas Cowboys Dak misses easy throws, and it's head-scratching. And I'm talking about plays that could swing a game because National Football League, and I've mentioned this to Whitlock, when you watch the NFL red zone, I never really noticed it till then, when they talk about the witching hour. A lot of these NFL games are very close going into the last quarter. So a play here, a play here, a drive here, and a drive here, that's the difference between losing by four or three points or winning by a touchdown. Really, so that's when, when you look at a quarterback, and you look at a stat sheet, right? It's 25 for 37, 330 yards. You assume he played a really good game. But if you actually watch it and you look at the misses, the plays that have to be made, and I don't mean the bubble screens or the tunnel screens, and they miss a shot downfield from one of these intermediate routes that's there, and they flub it, you look at that box score all much differently, Jason. It's actually not that good of a game when you look at the game in detail and you break down what was the route concept, 
How did the player execute? There's also that one play you guys talked about with Dak Prescott. He had a hook, real hook, uh, quick hook against the Lions. Why didn't he throw it to him? And see, those are the things that are very difficult to actually judge just off of a television broadcast because even a guy like Tony Romo, coach, they have to go on to that next play. Nah, and you know, uh, I don't know if you know, I have uh, I have uh, the author of Jameis Winston's book called <laughs> One of One. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, not, he's not very happy, uh, Steve, and you know what? <laughs> he reached out to my guys, and he's like, I want to come on, and I'm like, all right, well, come on. Uh, if you want to come on, he's like, my people are mad, you know, you're, 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 you're trolling our guy to Jameis, and I wrote his book, and I'm his manager, and I'm like, well, why don't you get Jameis to come on too? I mean, he threw fucking 30 picks. I, I, I'm just curious to why he thinks that injuries are such a big deal. Um, Coach. Uh, you know, hey, Steve, there's been a lot of people in this earth yeah. that have played this position that has lost their job because of injury. Do you remember Drew Bledsoe? Do you, yes. remember, do you remember Alex Smith? Do you remember all these guys? Like, holy shit. But here, before we talk about that, Steve, here's a play I wanted I wanted to show you that we talked about and broke down last night. Um, you know, I got I got clearance to show this NFL film like no one else, and I have yeah. all this NFL film. I, I, we don't even use it enough. But look at how stiff, yeah, he is, and, and having his shoulders and his ball displaced from his body right right here, yeah. Uh, that right there, people don't realize that that little ball away from your body right there. Um, and I could even make this. I could even make this bigger for you. Uh, da, 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 da. That better? Yes. Uh, oh. And that ball right there is just not a ball that can be dropped in the NFL or, or can be missed in the NFL yeah. from a quarterback who's making this much money. And coach. And, he throws that earlier and on time, and that that guy now has a chance to go off field. Even if that was an accurate throw from when he threw it, he's leading his guys out of bounds. I mean, so hey, that, I want to I want gonna... to see see right this. There. This is right end zone. Yeah, the best film you can get. Look at this. Like Ooh, Steve, right there. you either throw that ball right now, yeah, <laughs> or you just fucking run it. Because your body language is saying, "Let's, let me, I'm gonna just gonna run the football right now because my my body is so out of whack here that I'm so off kilter that this ball's a floater. It's stiff. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's there's so much film that yeah. we we broke down last night that uh, you know it was good. Coach, stuff. Uh, but in you know, defense it's interesting. of Dak, I think that was his that? first game back, so maybe you could say it's a timing issue. But here's the problem. We have six years of this with Dak. And this this actually goes to show you when you break it down meticulously like a coach, because you guys have to coach it at a certain level. Bill Walsh used to say the most overrated stat that you media guys harp on, that I have a much different uh, grading scale, is pass percentage or the completion percentage. He'd say, I don't care if you complete the pass. I want to know how you complete the pass. Because in our system, a ball here, you get your own guy tackled. You throw it here, that's a 60-yard slant. So yeah. I'm going to decide if you throw the ball accurately. You may have a completed pass. It's not an accurate pass in my book. So that's where, again, the layman, the journalist, the media, and the coaches are going to all look at this differently. Coach, going back to Jameis Winston, I find it interesting that the guy – who wrote his book is so upset 
Look, that whole rule about not losing a job to injury, that is for elite players. That's for guys who go to Honolulu or wherever they take that Pro Bowl every year. That's for that level guy. I like Jameis. He was a very good college quarterback, one of the only sophomores ever to win or true freshman to win a Heisman, 2013 national title, led Florida State to another uh, playoff berth. They got blown out in the Rose Bowl by Oregon. He's an accomplished college player, but as a pro, he does not value the ball. One of the great statistical anomalies, you uh, talked about it, he went 30 for 30, which is a great stat in baseball. But when you're going 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, ESPN actually should do a 30 for 30 on his 30 for 30 because it'll never be done again. Yes. That's what it should be, 30 for 30. On 30 for 30. I mean, Jason, most quarterbacks, once they reach 15 interceptions, they're basically on the verge of getting benched nowadays. The fact they actually let him get up to 20, 25, and he hit 30, that's amazing. That that year should be put into a time capsule. Steve, look. Drew Bledsoe replaced by Brady. All right. Tony Romo is replaced by Dak Prescott. Ron Jaworski, who 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 goes down in Eagles lore, was replaced by Randall Cunningham at one point. Alex Smith was replaced by Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Phil Sims, Jeff Hosteller, who won a Super Bowl. Nobody wants to talk about. Joe Montana, Steve Young replaced him. I can go on and on and on about quarterbacks. Why is this guy thinking this is the first time it's ever happened? Yeah, it's a bad look. Look, Jameis is an interesting guy. I- I don't, uh, I don't know what this guy's argument's gonna be. I, I, the funniest James Winston moment when he's giving the pregame talk and he's talking about eating the W, and I'm like, oh god. And, and you know, James, James is kind of a goofy character. I find him to be a fascinating individual. Like uh, they did this show one time, and I think it was one of those quarterback shows, and they said, "Have you ever gotten suspended?" And he said, "Well, yeah, I got suspended one time." They're like, "Why?" He goes, "Well." Uh, my coach was giving a pregame speech, and he got so emotional, he started crying, and I laughed at him. And I'm like, God, this guy is bizarre. <laughs> what an odd individual Winston is. <laughs> hey, remember he got cra- he stole the crab legs or whatever, and then he does this all the time. Yeah, well, no, the other thing that was funny is I remember his last year at Florida State, there was a lot of turmoil. He got suspended for a game for, for, for blurting out, grab that pee. I think during lunch or during one of the free areas yeah. of Florida State. Yeah. So Jimbo Fisher says, okay, there's too much heat on you. I'm going to, you're suspended. He actually came up for warm-ups, dressed in full uniform, acting like nothing was going to happen. And it was almost as if he thought Jimbo was just going to forget that he told the whole country, my Heisman winning quarterback who led us to a national title, I'm going to forget about the fact that I suspended him. And in the middle of the warm-ups, Jimbo looks around and he sees number five and he goes, "What the hell are you?" He just he just kicked him off the field. The guy is bizarre. I find him to be a fascinating, amusing character. But Jameis and his agent and his author have to realize one thing: you are just a stopgap or a bridge quarterback at best. The fact that they're going with Andy Dalton right now shows you they are trying to get somehow on draft day to C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. That's the reality of that organization at this current time. Hey, the same thing you can say with the whole Heineke and Wentz situation. Yeah. Like, we don't really know. Is Heineke the guy? Does Ron Rivera think Heineke's the guy? 
to win them games. Now, if he goes out and wins out and he goes on a fucking playoff run, I would be number one in the room saying, you know what? Let's go get some talent around this kid because he's a gutty, nutty winner. We broke it down last night, Steve. There's a lot of starting quarterbacks and there's a lot of backups who we think are very, very evenly matched that can yeah. still win you games for less money yeah. and put a better roster around you. Like, Steve, can't, let, let me ask you, Steve. The, the the year Geno Smith's having has been shocking to a lot of people. Yeah. Pete Carroll's kind of like put his name up there in the coaching uh, coach of the year thing. Let me ask you this. Cooper Rush. Let's just take away Colt McCoy. Cooper Rush comes to Arizona. Is Arizona better than with Kyler Murray? Yes. Especially right. for the money they'd have to pay him. All right. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Davis Mills. Would you take Davis Mills and swap him and put him in Pittsburgh for what they have going on right now? Hmm. Yes. I actually think David Mills has a stronger physical higher upside than Pickett. I, I'm trying to tell you, and I'm just shooting, but I'm just spitting off the head, off the head here. Uh, would you take, would you take, um, Heineke, right, and just keep him there and 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 get rid of Wentz all together. Yes, that's already happened. That, and that's that's all, Carolina. Do you get rid of Baker? He's not coming back. There's no way. And you got Sam Darnold sitting there. Is Sam Darnold the guy that they haven't seen play yet, or is it PJ Walker? Which I don't think it is, unfortunately. So now you're back drafting number one again. Right. Now, well. Here's the issue with Heineke, and I've noticed this. The Redskins seem to play harder for him. This is an emotional game. Yes. And I talked about this the last time I was on with you. Wentz has never been the same since that knee injury at the Coliseum. There was a time he was heading towards an elite level, maybe top five quarterback, but he's never been that same guy. Look. In Philadelphia, he got ran out. They won a Super Bowl with his backup. In Indianapolis, he, in essence, cost Frank Reich his job because that began, began last year as they fell apart the last two weeks, okay? And then Ron Rivera is fighting for his life as a coach, and they have a very scrappy defense. That's a tough out. So now, if you have a team like that, you're saying to yourself, okay, we have a defense that all we have to do is score basically 20 to 24 points and our defense can kind of, like, take us home, you better have a quarterback that it does at least does one thing, protect the ball. Bottom yeah. line. By yeah. the way, I know Arizona got blown out late on Monday. They kind of gave up after. I still like Colton McCoy, what he brings to the table. That first quarter and a half, that yeah. ball was coming out. It was fast. There was energy. There was tempo. I am just telling you, the and you touched upon it, when you pay a quarterback 45 to 50 million or whatever the going rate is, this thing does not become about football. It becomes about business because that general manager is going to tell the coach, hey, look, that guy on the bench, you know he's getting paid 35 million more. That That's a very, very easy way of telling him, get him out there or you're making me look bad. And so, we see it every year, Steve. I, we see yeah. it. We've seen it for the history of football. The guy that gets paid the most, sometimes, more often than not, people don't realize is is not as good as the guy behind him. 
Yeah, you know, it reminds me of that great line from one of the great football movies of all time. And, and, and I'm old, but I loved it. North Dallas 40, right? Oh, yeah. And there was a great line from John Matuzek when they lost that big game. And, and I think he broke down the essence of professional sports. And I've used this line in a couple of my articles for, for years. He goes, every time I call it a game, you call it a business. Every time you call it a business, you call it a game. I need feeling, man. And he just, he's about to put that coach into a lot. That's what it is. Hell yeah. I mean, honestly, so I want to know exactly what the defense of this Jameis Winston representative is. Because his defense cannot actually be his play. And by the way, I've gone on record as saying, if I'm a Saint fan, I would much rather watch Jameis Winston or as a football. You know why? Because he makes it fun. Yeah. He doesn't always make it productive or yeah. good. But yeah. like, Andy Dalton is just kind of like a beige spot on a beige wall. He's a stiff. He's a stiff. Yeah. He's a definite stiff. He's checked oh. down Charlie. Nothing happens when he plays. No <laughs> question. And you know what? That the NFL and the and the ownership there in New Orleans, they're, they're like, you know what? This is what we need because we yeah. can't afford a pick six right now. We don't have enough firepower to be in the games trying to come back from being down from a pick six that Jameis may throw. And they're like, fuck it. We'll just take a check down Charlie here. And Andy Dalton won't get us beat. They beat the Rams. And you're like, well, you know, this guy's going to win his games. It is what it is. So I don't know. Interesting. Um, interesting right now across college landscape. Do you uh, do you agree with a uh, couple things? Do you agree with the, the playoff committee's rankings with SC and, uh, and, uh, and LSU? I kind of do. Look, I actually want to see a little bit of diversity in terms of geography. I do not want this to be the SEC Invitational. Okay. Uh, Georgia, in my view, even though they've scuffled a bit, when they want to play, when, when Kirby Smart has them ready to go, they're the best team. They are the best team. They are physically dominant when, and they hammer people. And I've said this and people questioned me a couple months ago. Stetson Bennett at the college level, he's already won. You can win with them. He makes plays. Um, TCU is interesting. Not, you know, here's the issue, though, and you should appreciate this as a coach. They win. Bottom line, they find a way to win. I don't know if they would be this year's Cincinnati, the team that gets blown out in that first round as the number four seed. Ohio State, Michigan, I'll make a prediction right now. With Blake Corum banged up, Okay, and that's Michigan's best weapon. If he's not anywhere near 100%, I believe the Buckeyes blow him out at the horseshoe. There is such an advantage in quarterback. C.J. Stroud, no matter what we think of him, is going to be drafted in the first three, four picks, right? So he's an elite guy. Ryan Day runs that fancy system. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, I haven't seen a quarterback play that scared this year on a good team ever. During that game against Illinois, and I know me and you were tweeting at each other, every time McCarthy got back into his drop in that second, he was bailing on – it looked like everything was a quarterback draw. And I'm like, hey, Harbaugh, your guy that you benched for the guy that took you to the playoffs, Cade McNamara, your little hot shot is scared shitless. Oh, my God. Every time he got to the top of his drop, he would drop his eyes and start running, and it ruined – the whole concept of the play. So, and then he would flub throws and the referees got involved. It's almost like the big 10 today, guys, you know, Ohio state, Michigan's 
well, we kind of need this game, right? Next week, right? Yeah. The flag started going everywhere. And I like the fact Belima flat out called that stuff out. I do not see Michigan being able to score the way they did last year when they played bully ball up front. Okay. Because I think, you know, look, I give Ryan Day credit. He said, okay, my defense isn't good. Let me get that new coordinator, Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. And they've been good. They've been much better than they were last year. And when you play Ohio State at home motivated and they have an absolute offensive machine, okay, Michigan has to score at least 35 points this week. I don't see it happening. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, the backup running back for Michigan, I had Zach Smith on Monday, and he was like, he's legit too. He's Andrew, like, he's yeah. But he's, he's, he's kind of been banged up too. So we don't know what – Donovan Michigan... Edwards is his name. Donovan Edwards. Edwards, yeah. We don't know what he's going to – what he's really going to bring, but it's going to be interesting to say the least. Uh, I don't know. You know, I know I like, I'm, I'm with you on the demographic. I, you know, I, I think SC is the Cincinnati team that gets blown yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. like, they, they got no defense. They can't, they well, can't stop anybody in that top four. Well, you know, it's interesting about Lincoln Riley. There's a particular uh, brand of football he plays. Fun, exciting, and kind of soft defensively. Oh, and I, I remember Lincoln Riley. Look, he went to a couple of playoffs with Oklahoma. And every year in that first round, they would give up a load of points. I actually went to that game when Oklahoma and Georgia played at the Rose Bowl, the 2017 playoff. One of the best games I've ever seen. Went to, I think, double overtime. Sony Michelle ran it late. Oklahoma, for the last two quarters, defensively, they got shoved around. Then they played LSU in 2019, and Joe Burrow could have literally put 80 points on them. And it was a blowout. And the first three drives, you said this game's over. I kind of agree the same thing would happen. But I want to see Caleb Williams against somebody. Uh, he isn't a – I don't – like. I think you said that you don't know if his game translates to the next level. I'm kind of with you on that because a lot of stuff he does, he would not get away with against bigger, stronger athletes up front. But he does things inside when he actually operates inside that pocket. And really looks some of those throws he makes, like SC without him is a four-loss team or a five-loss team. That's the type of difference he makes at this level. Yeah, I don't know if he translates just because I, he's another Dak Prescott to me, even a smaller Dak Prescott. Mm. He's kind of stiff. He is athletic, but he is stiff torso. He's stiff with release. He's got he's got a quicker release than Dak. Um, he could even argue he's got a, a better arm. I don't know. Uh, he just—I don't know, man. These guys, these guys that tr that are that are running this tempo, carded offenses—they yeah. uh, come to the NFL and they struggle with just verbiage, picking up protections, understanding fronts, knowing gap responsibility, knowing fucking coverage rotations. They struggle, and we're seeing it at all-time rate. And I got into an argument yesterday, and me and you tweeted at each other with a buddy of mine. We both said, "Hey, listen." Justin Fields' rapid style of play mm. is unsustainable. Yeah. <laughs> so is all these other guys. And now he's hurt. We don't know if he's going to be hurt or not. What do you think about the unsustainability of these well, guys? And and are we wrong? I mean, he's no. Walter Payton out here. He doesn't look like a fucking quarterback. Coach, as much as I like watching Justin Fields, and I said last week on Fearless, the kid's coming on. I said the problem is, he has to evolve as a quarterback. Right now, he's doing some really entertaining athletic things that he won't be able to do in three, four, five years. And by the way, 
Turns out he didn't make it to Thanksgiving. And me and you were conversing over Twitter DM on Sundays. There's a particular pattern with a lot of these quarterbacks that, that are fun to watch. Kyler Murray. Um, it's almost unfair to put Lamar Jackson in there, but he fits it. And then Justin Fields. And you They're get Carson ri- win, Steve. Right. And they put up a lot of highlights, a lot of splash plays. They're fun to watch. And then you look at the scoreboard, and the game is 7-7 in the middle of the third quarter. There's not a look. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. I am not questioning what he does or his value. They played a terrible Carolina Panthers team for 53 minutes. Coach, they had three points. And you look at the pass efficiency, they do put up some yards sometimes, but too many games under 225 yards. That means you're dinking and you're dunking and you're not pushing the ball downfield, and then that field compresses inside that red zone, and that's when you have to be a real surgeon. That's when there's real high-level quarterback play because you got to fit that ball in the tight windows, and they're not getting it done. And the one thing about Fields that I did notice, even when he had this great run of uh, exciting football play the last month, there were too many games where he'd make a play. He'd be Superman. He'd you know, jump over tall buildings in a single bound. And then he'd get up like an old man, like, oh, my God. Or that old thing of uh, Peter Griffin, when P- of a family guy, when he hurt his knees, like, ah, ah. That's what he looked like. There's too many plays. I'm like, this is too hard. Quarterback, to me, at the highest level, is the art form of staying clean. Just staying clean, making the game so easy. Even if, you, if you take 80 snaps, you get hit two times. That's part of the art form of playing quarterback at the high level. Hey, availability. I mean, yeah. it's 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 critical. Uh, so look, me and Whitlock taking all this heat on social media because nobody has an understanding of an open mind. I brought up this topic and everyone's going crazy. What is your take on my crazy ass coming up with uh, marijuana maybe being a possible bone density issue? You know, I think it's a crazy take that should be looked at. This is interesting that you said that about water intake. I'm ha- I happen to be very close with Victor Conte of Balco Infamy and now Snack. Yes, that Victor Conte. I work for his company. I write a twice a week boxing column for snack.com canines corner. And I've known him for years and he's taught me a lot and I take his supplements. By the way, all legal and approved. Just want to make that clear. But he has told me for years, he said, Steve, when I work with athletes and if you ever go to his office in San Mateo, people don't even understand the history of Balco and how many athletes he's worked with and how coaches like Mike Shanahan brought him in for the 98 season to do blood work on all his, all his players. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, when he was coach of the Dolphins, brought him in to do diagnostic work, to do blood work on all his players. And there's two things he looked at that he noticed. And he told me, he said, Steve, most athletes or human beings in general are actually, he says, not dehydrated, but they're not properly hydrated. No. In other words, they do not drink enough water and they don't even know it. So that's one. And you pointed to that. So that's part of a lifestyle. Number two, he doesn't actually believe that athletes should work out every single day. Me either. He actually says, and one of his philosophies is, your rest and recovery is just as vital as the work you put in. And in no, fact, that- when athletes work with him, he actually tells guys, if I catch you working out on one of our off days, I'm going to kick you out because you're disturbing the plan. Your body actually has to rest, and then yes. that goes right into sleep. Yes. Guys are not sleeping enough. 
And to your point, all of this, I don't think it's just marijuana, but I think when there's heavy marijuana use during time of competition and or season, and with guys not taking care of their hydration and their rest, how would you not think just common sense it wouldn't negatively impact the player or an athlete? I think there's a part of it. Look, if you were to ask me as a general manager or an owner of any franchise, you have two players of basic equal ability and production. Would you rather have the guy that smokes a lot of weed all the time and it's a part of his regular lifestyle or a guy that wouldn't? Give me the guy that wouldn't every single time. Uh, it's really, it's really that simple. I think this needs to be examined. I think it's an interesting theory because, look, we supposedly have more technology and advanced training methods than ever. Now there is no offseason. These guys start working out two weeks after they last play, right? Most of them or a lot of them, but they're still getting banged up. And then you, you said something interesting. Look at some of the body types in the NBA. They look bad. They look flaccid and flat. Oh, no musculature. No definition. What? Why? It's interesting. I, I, I think at the very least, this should be examined. And, and I'll be honest, Steve, like if you look at it, the, the intake of weed, as we know, is an all-time high. Because you got, you know, as you give a guy an inch, by human take a yard. Needs, we take a foot, right? We take a yard. We take a – so Colorado, weed's legal. Guess what? It doesn't mean you have to be in Colorado to try the fucking law. Guys in Texas are going to try to smoke more <laughs> weed now because their state's opening up. And, and Coach, what's in the weed now? Oh, fuck. What's in the weed? We, Isn't oh, a lot of it synthetic? Yeah. And it's laced with certain things. I'll tell you a funny story. So years ago, this is about 15, 20 years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but when, during the Pete Carroll glory years, at USC, there used to be this uh, Yosemite Sam-looking Mexican guy. His name was Tino Dominguez. He was the equipment manager at USC. And if you ever watch a USC game in that era, you'll see Tino Dominguez around there. He was a boxing fan. We had a mutual friend. So he came to a couple of fights. And this is in like early 2000s. And so we're at the Mandalay Bay during a Johnny Tapia fight weekend. And we're talking. Very nice guy. And I've always said the equipment managers at any of these Division I programs, they know everything. They are the plug. You want to know about a player's habits and what type of people they are? Talk to these guys, okay? So this is like right during the era where USC during the last couple of years of John Robinson during his second run at SC, they had highly recruited classes. And all of these guys were busts outside of like Daryl Russell. Right. Everyone else had a bunch of guys that didn't pan out. And so I remember those guys vividly because it was only a couple of years out from these guys. So I'm asking Tino, like, what happened to this guy? What happened to that guy? How come this guy? All of it was weed. <laughs> Every single guy said, oh, yeah, that guy smoked too much. Oh, that guy just smoked weed all day. Oh, that guy was always stoned. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, it wasn't anything we did. He goes, Steve, it's just like these guys all did not have great habits, but much of it was centered around weed believe it or not i thought it was funny it's i love sad. i don't see the chat this guy bernie uh he says we don't know anyone that smokes weed responsibly but yet we talk really so everyone really? i know smokes weed by the way so yeah. i'm pretty sure steve knows everyone else yeah. that's <laughs> steve lives in fucking la you idiot um steve i gotta ask you this pat beverly last night i i, I call i use the term bmk i think these guys are bitch made cats <laughs> Uh, 
he pushes this kid in the back last night, uh, Aiden. Aiden, he pushed CP2. I call CP3 Candace Parker. I call CP2 Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul is a bleeder. He's never available. He can't. He's never won anything meaningful. I don't know why we put him in the top ten of point guards. I would never. But that's a whole other debate. Uh, I would love to have with you one day. Um, Beverly pushed him. He pushed Aiton. He calls himself. Uh, he he said he. I'm I'm buried in the fox. I'm a foxhole guy. Um, I think you're just a coward that pushes guys in the back more right. often than not. Like. Why is Beverly so regarded as one, as highly regarded? Like, he does nothing for me. Like, he's never done anything for me. Uh, he's a pest. Uh, if you want to call him a pest, that, that if you think a pest does something, I don't think he helps the Lakers at all. I think he hurts the Lakers. He's not a shooter. He can't score. He's an average defender. Everyone talks about how great he is. I've seen him get 50 put on him by Durant, 40 put on him by Booker, 40 put on him by um, Paul George. Like, I, I don't understand. Why is he so regarded as a guy that we have to have on our team? Okay, well, if you see, here's the thing. If you are just a guy that tries defensively in today's NBA, the way the game is played, that's like being the tallest midget. Or as I like to say, the fastest Korean sprinter. What does that really mean? That means you're probably running a 13-8-9, right? <laughs> I mean, but in terms of that enforcer thing, when you are in a league that's very soft, which is now defined by guys like Ben Simmons, <clears throat> even if you give the impression of being a tough guy, you <clears throat> will be given a certain type of um, label. Look, well, the last time or the years that I watched the NBA, and you want to talk about real enforcers, we're talking about Rick Mahorn, Anthony Mason, Charles right. Oakley. Alonzo Mourning. One of my personal favorites was Michael Cooper. Now, that's a foxhole guy. Yes. If he ever saw a teammate having to, having an issue, Michael and his 165-pound skinny ass would get in there and bang people up and try to do what he did. Maurice Lucas. Yes. Guys like that. I mean, so. Joe Dumars. <laughs> yeah, Joe Dumars was a real tough. I mean, there used to be a time when guys used to fight. Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman. I remember he was a southpaw. And he squared up. I said, that guy must have taken boxing lessons. He is from Detroit. Maybe he spent time at the Kronk. And I remember thinking, right. And I I remember thinking, these are really, really tough guys. So, yep, is Beverly more of a dog? Yeah, a dog full of surrounded by poodles. Yes. Chihuahuas. So it's all relative. Yes. It's, It's all relative. And if you're pushing guys in the back, that's the ultimate act of I really don't want to fight, but I want to because you know it's gonna people are gonna break you up, hold me back. It's that whole thing. Um, but again, as someone that saw men like Maurice Lucas and guys of that ilk, um, I'm just telling you, those 90 Pistons and no, no, the 90 Knicks, man, they were rough. Those were some rough guys. The night hate- hey, Phil Jackson says it. That was my biggest fear. We had to get through that team. Xavier McDaniel, remember him? I remember Xavier McDaniel as a young player coming out of at a Wichita State was like a twenty-five point a game score early on with Seattle. This game kind of changed; it got a little heavier. But I remember one game, him and West Matthews of the Lakers were jawing at each other. He just picked up West Matthews by the neck and was choking him on the score. That was that was the NBA back then. And then when he went to the Knicks, 
he became a full-on hammer. And for when Jordan had to go through the Pistons and then the Knicks, that's why to me he's the greatest ever because guys today do not have to go through that type of gauntlet. Hell no, not even close. Uh, Thanksgiving's here. Uh, get you out of here. I know. I appreciate you coming on last minute. Uh, Thanksgiving games. We got three of them. Uh, Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Patriots, Vikings. Very intriguing that yeah. Patriots Vikings game. I, I'm in a. I'm in a. I have this theory, Steve, <clears throat> that the generation of uh, athletes is so soft. You compile the softness with lack of sleep, marijuana use. And video games, and you have 900 injured players across NBA and NFL. That's my kind of mm. in a nutshell deal. Including into that is a bad, bad, soft understanding of winning and losing football games. If I lose a game, I don't know how to hit the reset button because I'm so, oh man, I'm done. I'm either in the portal or I'm going to say, you know what, we can't win next week. You've seen it throughout college football. Yeah. You've allowed TCU to beat you twice, Kansas. Yeah. You've allowed these teams to beat you twice. Well, I agree that it's happening in the NFL too. And I mm. think I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Vikings twice. And I think the Patriots are going to put it on the Vikings again tomorrow. Now, where is that game? It is in uh, Minnesota. <clears throat> okay, that helps. That, that, that actually helps. The one thing about... Man, the Patriots offense, though. I Look, I'm a big Belichick fan. <laughs> I did not understand making Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. Maybe when maybe when uh, Josh McDaniel gets fired again, they, they bring him back as the OC. But you don't Let win me a lot. This, is, is, is Belichick not on your radar for a coach of the year candidate because oh, he what he's be. done, what he's done actually has been kind of thrown under the rug and no one's talking about, but he's might've done one of his most masterful jobs this year. You know, what's interesting about Belichick. And this is why I, I don't get it. I know people don't like him because he's not warm and fuzzy and cuddly all the time with the media. They make it sound like post Tom Brady, who has won a super bowl. Let's give him credit and made the playoffs twice. They make it sound like Bill Belichick the last three, four years has gone two and 14. No, yeah, he went seven and nine one year with an old broken down Cam Newton. Made the playoffs last year with Mac Jones. They're right in it now. I know. I, I, that's the thing about, about this situation. They have to make a determination, coach. Do we trust Mac Jones? I thought Mac was actually pretty serviceable last year. But the way they're doing this offense now, it's almost like they're scared to death of him. And I'm like, you know what? He's won a few games, run a real offense. I mean, how many games can you win in the National Football League or any level of football where you score three offensive points for 60 minutes? It's such an anomaly. They're going to have to open it up. I think Minnesota being at home, not having to go outside, because let's face it, they are now a dome team in a cold environment. So it's not like the 1970s, right? That certainly helps. Coach, the game I'm really interested in, believe it or not, Lions and Bills. Lions have gotten some momentum. They're starting to believe. It's a team that I like because I really love them on hard knocks. And you look at Buffalo, they've had to go through a lot. I mean, they got snowed in. They Now they have to go back to Detroit, back home, back to Detroit. Yeah, go and, back to the same place. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? As much as I like Josh Allen, I'm very honest about this. Every year he has a bad month. And he has elite athletic talent, 
But if you are truly one of those guys, you are allowed one or two bad games a year. Those other games better be really, really good. He's starting that trend again where for a full month, it's always one touchdown and two or three turnovers. That's not elite-level play. He's got to get himself back on track. But there's some excitement in Detroit. It's probably the best Thanksgiving matchup they've had in about a decade. I want to see, does Buffalo really make a state and say, okay, we're back, we're a better team than you, and win this game decisively? Or does Dan Campbell have that thing truly turned around? I think that's the most fascinating game of the three. Yeah, and the Giants already got beat uh, one of their three losses to the Cowboys in New York. They need yeah. to get, they got to come back after a, they got to get some payback. Uh, they got to get back on winning track here, or they're going to start. You're going to start hearing the Boo Birds in New York uh, calling for Daniel Jones and and all these things. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the Lions. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Lions deal here because it, it, if they win. And, and and get into second place in that division. Um, people are going to be talking playoffs in a bad yep. NFC uh, race right now. Yeah, and you know what I love about Dan Campbell? He's not an analytics guy, really. Or he doesn't look like He looks like a football guy. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I'm just like, – some of these, like, and again, I am – look, the guy in Miami, you, like the, the weirdo you call – I give him credit. He's like a wizard. But I want guys that look like they actually played football. Dan Campbell looks like he could suit up right now <laughs> and be a third tight end. And that that's what I love. I, I hate, like, the guy Brandon St- – hey, Matt McChesney, what an honor to be on with yeah, him. what's up, dog? How are you? Matt, I'm I, in, Steve, because I saw him laughing in the back uh, when you said he's a fucking wizard. I love you calling you – I know you think he's a weirdo. And I'm like, ah, he is. he's a weirdo. <laughs> Matt, I just want you to know I am a big admirer of you. And, and by the way, that is great. You played in that 2001 Colorado-Nebraska blow. I remember watching that intently. I'm a big Miami fan. And right. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to play Nebraska, do a little scouting. And it was 35 nothing in five minutes. And I'm yeah, like, we beat wow. we the shit out of them that day. That was a great You guys day. kept running that counter play with Chris Brown. We double so play, play counter over and, and just put me, Alaskan assassin, Brandon Drum on the mic linebacker. <laughs> and just, nah, 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 nah. All day. That was a great day. You know, before I leave, I want to say something. And I've been sending you some stories on this, Coach. Matt, I, I am completely with you. As a college football diehard, what they have done to this sport, both from a conference alignment standpoint and I know I, I wish I hope you guys talk about that. I heard there was actually problems in the Tennessee locker room prior to the South Carolina game because Hendon Hooker got this million dollar NIL deal and it I guess a defensive player had an issue with them they got into a fight the linebacker got suspended and you look at Tennessee last week it looked like a team that did not have football on its mind this is what they've Agreed. done to this great game hey, you asked for this you deal with it Heupel has a history where no one's really talking about. I've known for a long time. He has a history of managing top echelon talent. And when you have top echelon talent, as Matt will tell you, most top talent level tier guys are shitbirds. I'm going to be honest. Your best <laughs> players are usually shitbirds, Steve. And right. if you can they definitely have opinions. you're going to eventually have a one bad apple ruin the whole batch type of deal. And and Banks, their best defensive player, and Hendon Hooker, apparently back in yeah. Tennessee, got into a fight. And the kid didn't even make the trip, from what right. I heard, over weed and a female, ironically. <laughs> they got into a fist fight, and Hendon Hooker made the trip, but Banks did not. Now, I don't think Banks is difference of 40 points, but, you know, that just that resonates with your roster because if the head coach – 
allows one guy to play and not the other. How how do you know those other 50 cats are like, well, why is he not here and he's here? That's a good point. That's a good point. And look, Cam, I, I got to agree with you, bro. I, I love what you do, too. I started following you and looking in on everything you're doing. It's awesome. Uh, I I agree with you wholeheartedly that they have destroyed the fabric of college football, taking away rivalries that mean something to the fabric of the fans that's, like, embedded in families. Like, Colorado and Nebraska, the fact that they don't play that anymore at the end of Thanksgiving, mm. it was my entire family lives in Lincoln. They're all oh. Nebraska fans. And then my part of the family lives in Boulder, and we're all Colorado fans. And for my entire life, from, like, the time I was 13, 14 years old, every day at the, after Thanksgiving, we would either be in Lincoln, watch and see you in Nebraska, or they would be here, watch and see you in Nebraska. And my entire family was there in 01 when we were 25-point underdogs and beat the shit out of them and had a chance to go play for the Big 12 title, and it meant something. And I don't think you can fabricate rivalries. I don't think taking away Bedlam is a good idea. Yeah, I don't, understand, I don't understand why they don't play West Virginia Pitt anymore. You know, like taking away these rivalry games and then like just putting Utah and CU in the Pac-12 and being like, hey, it's the Rocky Mountain rivalry. Like, I I don't have anything against Utah. Yeah, I, mean, Sean, I remember for years in the early 2000s, to me, when Colorado and Colorado State, especially when Sonny oh, Lubick had that games. thing, when they would oh. play at the beginning of September, to me it was yeah. like, hey, guys, the season is starting, and then Thanksgiving. This is this kills me, and I am not a fan of either team. But Texas A and M and Texas, Texas, yes, not playing in that state that loves football. They say five seasons in in Texas: football season, college football season, high school football <laughs> season, recruiting, and some other one that I forgot. And you're telling me the two major schools do not play because they used to play on thanksgiving night actually well th- think they I mean, every every day for every day after thanksgiving for years i was either playing in the rivalry game or watching it it would be texas a&m and texas to start the morning or it would be the backyard brawl It'd be west virginia yep. pitt texas a&m texas colorado nebraska and that would be the oh. three games the day after thanksgiving and you're getting three teams that hate three rivalries where they fucking hate each other there's real bad blood and there's stakes. If you win Colorado and Nebraska, you win the North and get to go play in the Big 12 title game. You win Texas, Texas A&M, you probably get to go play for the, the Big 12 title game unless, if you beat Oklahoma. So it's I, – I just – I don't understand why they've got – I wish that they could figure out a way to play the rivalry games and do the conference realignment. There's no reason why fucking like Colorado and Nebraska next year to open the season and then I'll shut up. They open at TCU, which is going to be a tough game. And then and then they have Nebraska at home, Colorado State at home, back-to-back weeks. Yeah. That's huge. Like, that's yeah. back-to-back rivalry games. But why can't they do that every year to just drum up yeah. interest? Sean, you talk about that backyard brawl. There used to be a time where Joe Paterno actually said, long before they joined the Big Ten, he said, wait a minute, there was a colorful like uh, group of schools. It was Syracuse, West Virginia, Pitt, and Penn State. They all used to play, and it was great. And now they don't. Pl- the fact that Pitt and Penn State don't play every, every year, year is an absolute travesty to me. It's like it's like UCLA and USC just saying we're not going to play anymore. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and so they've ruined this whole thing. And now players, and I'm by the way, I am absolutely. If, if I was a coach, and look, Miami and Mario Cristobal, they're big on the NIL. That's part of the game now. But I have a theory. If you are going to go out there and 
recruit a player, if the main reason they're coming to your program is NIL, I say nope. No. You know why? Because you win. You might fight a battle with mercenaries. You win war with soldiers. You better actually want to, and I'm not saying they shouldn't get the NIL, but if your number one reason, hey, why'd you go to the school? Well, they had an NIL. I'd be, nope, sorry. You're not for us. Can you repeat that, please? You you fight battles with mercenaries. You win wars with soldiers. You better have guys that are bought in. Fuck yes, brother. Amen. Matt, let me just tell you something. Those notorious 80s hurricanes. I love those guys. I actually know a lot of them, and many of them did not make the NFL. They love being Miami Hurricanes, just like you love being a Colorado Buffalo. And I've asked these guys. I've asked guys that have now become doctors. They didn't play in the NFL. Are you happy there wasn't a transfer portal? And he said, you know, looking back on it, I'm glad I never had that option. Because of the friends that I made, and there has to be this realization, Matt. You were actually one of the 1% that made it. But I don't understand guys who are three years into a program. They're halfway through their degree, which they don't have to pay for. You know what? Some of you have already made it as far as you're going to make it. Be happy being a college football player. You get a couple of degrees. If you always go to summer school, you've made it. But just just to transfer to be a, a, a role player on another program you have no affiliation with, that's, that's just not the way I am. I'd rather well, just stay at the school. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'd like to think, I'd like to hear what Coach JB has to say about this because I know he's big on loyalty too. We're all old school. I I I love my university. I yeah. wanted to play there when I was a kid. I don't ever I never saw myself leaving or transferring. I take it I almost take it personal like when I was in college, a really great running back that we had recruited, the number one player in the country actually in my recruiting class was a guy named Marcus Houston. Yeah. And a total total diva, total bitch, just an absolute turd. Like just what coach said. Like he's a really good player and he's a fucking jack off. And he just wouldn't do the work. But he had great talent, and he petitioned the the uh, NCAA yeah. when we were juniors to transfer to CSU and actually won, so he didn't have to sit out. So he transferred to CSU, and we played him. He was on the team as a sophomore. He was a starting running back for our rival as a junior and a senior. Lost both those games, by the way. I hope you had fun transferring. But it was it was like the first indication that, you know, maybe not everybody is as bought in as we think they are. So I, I think that the opportunity to overcome adversity in college yeah. football and really find out who you are as a man is kind of the point of, of all of it on top of playing football and getting a degree. And if every time something bad happens, there's always a door to exit rather than a, a like a stairway to climb to get yeah. better, people will take the exit over the stairs. And I'm a stair type. I want to climb and get better, even if I did fuck up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to just exit right because it's easy. And now, let me get this straight. I always say this. If you're a grad transfer, transfer. You've earned it. If you're a regular transfer, keep your ass in school and get some tape and go play. Let me let me, let me, me get a stat real quick. I don't know if you saw this, you guys, both of you. Thanks for being on here. Um, as, of, as of this morning, uh, I've still got access to the portal. 24,925 kids Shut are in the, the fuck up. How many? 24,925 <laughs> kids are in the portal as of 7.51 a.m. on the West Coast. 24,000 what? Right here. I can't share the screen because I'll, I'll jeopardize the coach That's again. That's 24 what? 24,925. Oh, my God. 
Why now, would you go to the transfer portal? Here's the here, here's the breakdown though. Here, I'm gonna give you a breakdown, Matt. You might want to write this down. I'm writing. Six thousand seven hundred fifty-nine kids are in the FCS portal, and nine thousand three hundred and forty-seven kids are in the FBS portal. I wonder how does it say how many are graduates? Uh, it does, but I have to I'd have to sort it. Um, because that I, that's the only thing I've got a bunch of guys that are graduates that have played like. I'll just use this as an example. Drake Nugent, who I don't know if he's going to transfer or not at Stanford, but like he's an example, or Barrett Miller, or Jake Wiley, Casey Roddick, Austin Johnson, Elijah Anderson Taylor at Northern Colorado. They've all played three, four years, yeah. have multiple starts, all Pac 12 honors. Elijah just led the FCS in tackles. Like at that point, when you've gotten your degree, if you want to transfer, transfer. If you don't want to, write it out. But if you're one of these 9,300 kids in the transfer yeah. portal that doesn't have film, doesn't hasn't played a ton, doesn't have somebody helping you, like, these kids don't have well, agents. They don't have money managers. They don't have people helping them, like, find opportunity. They don't have anybody helping them with the pitfalls. And, like, don't talk to him. He's a shady motherfucker that's going to screw you over. They're just going out here aloof, like, everybody's awesome. Well, Everybody's Sean. got my best interest in mind, and that's not true. Sean, speaking of a band of mercenaries, Matt, Texas, you keep calling him Sean. It's Matt. Sean, yeah, Matt, I'm sorry about that. Matt, Matt, the question look at AM. Look at Texas AM. That should be an object lesson on what can happen if you just get a band of mercenaries who are not there for the right reasons. That should, I'm just telling you, every coach and every athletic director should look at that and say, guys, let's not have this happen. And and, and I have a question, Matt and coach. Why, if, if you're paying a guy, and you are paying him now legally over the table at the NIL, let's just call it for what it is, which is okay yep. by me, I get it. So if they're, in, in essence, they're getting paid, they are employees. Why in the world can't the school say, or whatever, or you're getting this NIL, but it's tied into you actually being at our school for a couple the, years. The school doesn't pay them, though. Yeah, so but a, you know, it's an outside I, I agree. entity. I, you know what? You're right in, in a technical aspect, but a lot of these NILs are tied to which school you go to. It no, really tied is. To the player. Right. right. I mean, because look, a certain booster would not create an NIL if they're not going to your school. Agreed. And, and the other thing where they really open up the floodgates is there used to be a time in the olden days, unless you were Marcus Houston, you got a waiver, you generally had to sit out a year. Yep. In fact, there were rules that if you went to the same conference school, you had to sit out two years. Two years, yes. Right. So I'm just saying you you made you this couldn't thing. even transfer within the SEC at all. Right. Well, why so, why would like my question is if you're a kid and you get recruited to Colorado and you want to then you want to transfer to Nebraska? Like yeah. at that point, that's that's fightable. In the locker room, I'm like, well, I thought you were our brother. Now you want to go roll well, with our rival? Like, fuck you. Matt, you know what I loved when uh, the ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels, that's at LSU, having a really nice year. When he made the decision to transfer, the Arizona State players did a live video of taking his stuff out of the locker room, and they basically like burned it. You know what? I I respect those guys. I know people got you know what those Arizona State Sun Devil fans. You should be because they 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 give a damn about their program, and there was an oath or an honor that was broken. And I don't want a bunch of carpet baggers. Well, I, I, I really think, don't. I, look, I work with players constantly. And I, I'll just – I had a, a consult yesterday with a kid. 
and the consult went like this. Where do you want to play college football, son? Who's your favorite school? I'll play anywhere. I don't have a favorite school. And I was like, I, and it happens every time. It's so rare to have a kid sit down and say, I want to play here. That's my favorite school. Fuck everybody else. And back in the day, that's the only way it was. So hey, let, me, let me let me let me break this down to you real quick before you guys get out of here. Uh, I got Jameis Winston's handler coming in about fifteen minutes. I wish I wish we could all just roundtable this cat. Wait, you you have one of Jameis Winston's people coming in talking to you? His author, yeah, his manager. Are you going to ask him why he's crying about losing his job? No, that's why he's coming oh, on the show. He's mad at me. He's mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> You can look. You can lose your job if you're injured. It just happened. It happens all the time. Hey, hey, I'm going to We're all in here. We're going to roundtable this cat. Hey, listen. Let me ask you something. Uh, <clears throat> you know how to end twenty five thousand cats in the portal? The coaches that are taking them from one school to the other, stop that. That is the number one way to stop this thing because. The coaches are enabling these kids further by saying, you know what? Matt McChesney's in the portal, coach, because every coach now, Steve, in the, in the Division yeah. One level, they assign a GA to the portal or yeah. two or five if you're a big-time school like Alabama. And now we're just dissecting the portal, and we have a clicker. Every time a cat goes in the portal, we get a notification like a text. Bing! And now we're in here. Hey, Coach David, Matt McChesney just entered the portal. All right. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Four minutes later, guess what? You have an offer to come here. And if we stop that, I believe it will start to deter cats from jumping in this portal, and it won't kill high school football, and it won't kill JUCO football, which used to be the original yeah. transfer portal. I agree. And I agree. I will I say this, though. We got, we got a major issue on hand, and I think it's a spiral that's going out of control that we're not going to be able to handle unless the NCAA gets involved and says, no more, cut it out. Or you get a one-time transfer, and that's it. Yeah, they've uh, got to put some rules on it, bro. This is getting ridiculous. It's, it's getting ridiculous, though. Well, guys, if you look at the percentage of players that are in the portal that don't get picked up, it kind of reminds me of those scenes from Escape from Saigon right at the end of the Vietnam War where all the Vietnamese are trying to get on those American helicopters out of there. <laughs> and, and let me just say something, guys. The line was a lot longer than the available spaces on the helicopter. That's exactly what it is. I <laughs> mean, and a lot of those poor Vietnamese were stuck in Saigon, and they're communists now. I'm just telling you, sometimes you're better off just staying at the school and getting your degree because the bottom line is, and I don't think enough people are honest, most of you are not going to make the National Football League. It is so rare. Just look at the percentages. Um, 90, getting I think only two and a half to three percent is even worse. Right. Look, look, two and a half to three percent of high school football players actually have their educations paid for at the next level. So they that's a that's a great achievement. And from that elite level, only two and a half to three percent of those guys actually make it to the National Football League. Hey, let me ask you this, you know? guys. Let me ask you this, guys, real fast, because I there Please. hasn't been data hasn't been data brand on this either. Uh, but I'm starting to see a trend. Matt McChesney, he 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 doesn't like his playing time. He enters the portal. He's a freshman. He transfers from Alabama to LSU, and the guy that he was playing behind, mind you, he wasn't even redshirting. He was playing behind the guy. Because he didn't start, and because social media peer pressure got to him, 
He entered the portal, and then he started saying, the coach is a hater, and it's politics, whatever. <laughs> the guy ahead of Matt. I would never say this. <laughs> the, guy that, the guy ahead of Matt, though, Steve, <clears throat> he does the very next day. He blows out his ACL, yeah. and he's done. And the guy just transferred. Matt just transferred to LSU. And you know what? He's in the same scenario there. And the guy that got hurt, Matt would be starting now at Alabama. But he has no perseverance. He has no tough skin. And he wants to leave right away. And there's been so many injuries for a guy that has left the guy that could have been the guy. And his whole history would be different. His whole life would change. But we're so quick to go chase the... The bag. The bag. It's the bag. That's not chasing bags. And they're not going to get a bag, and they're chasing it. Look, uh, everybody knows who Joel Klatt is, right? Yeah. Okay, Joel Klatt is, was, we were captains together at CU. We're, he's one of my best friends, guys like my brother, okay? Joel Klatt came in after playing baseball as a fucking walk-on, was the ninth string quarterback in spring, okay? By the time we got to the fall season, he was third when we went to camp. By the time we played CSU in 03 to open the season, he was our starter and wasn't on scholarship. He went out on that night against Bradley Van Pelt and the Lightning at, at Invesco back in the day, which was an incredible fucking game. We beat him 42-35 on national TV. He threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns and was the national player of the week. And after the game, the, the commentator ladies like, hey, Joel, uh, you're a walk-on still. How does it feel to to you know be essentially the biggest free agent in football? You can you're a walk-on. You can leave right now if you wanted to. And Barnett literally on TV goes, "Oh no, he's on full scholarship right now." And all of us were like, "Hey, hey!" So, like, my point is, the adversity and overcoming the adversity of being in a college football locker room and growing up and turning into a man and being around your brothers is bigger than the yeah. fucking $20,000 bag you think you're going to go get because you're special at this other place that doesn't really like you. They're just bringing you in because it looks good on social media to yeah. be, to get a transfer portal kid. So I personally think that, like Air Force, the Air Force Academy can't transfer kids. You mm-hmm. go there, you're going to Air Force. There's no transfer portal. And they win fucking 10 games every year. They're by far the best program in the state. They recruit the fuck out of kids. They go after their guys. They develop them. They're tough as nails, and they're always beating the shit out of Power Five schools. Watch this year in the play in the in a bowl game. They're gonna fucking run another Power Five school. They beat Louisville last year. They beat Washington State the year before. That's what they do. So, hey, Navy just beat UCF. That's what I'm saying. Like when you get guys to stay in one place and gel and come together, you get really really good veteran related football teams, not just a bunch of mercs trying to get, be yeah. out here saying, oh, well, the yeah. coach coached me too hard today, so I'm going to jump in the transfer board. <laughs> well, hey, guys, you know what's interesting is, is this past year, it's been a very tough year for Mario Cristobal at Miami. A couple of parents has, have chirped online, and this is where social media does not help anything. A couple of parents have just said things they should not. Their kids have told, Obviously, kids are complaining. Yeah. Now the parents, because I've gone to a lot of road games, and parents will tell you stuff near the team bus. But they never would amplify that on Twitter or Instagram. That thing has completely changed. So finally, Mario Cristobal last week at a press conference, a Zoom press conference, someone said, you know, a coach, a couple of your uh, parents, uh, they've complained about playing time and this, this, and that. And Mario just, I think, had enough. 
crystal ball played in the 80s and 90s when Miami was still the toughest program. And he just said, well, I'm just going to put it like this. If uh, these parents are not happy with their kids playing time or their treatment, they're free to pick them up. You are. I was Come like, God, Mario, you're going to make them. But this needs to be said because back in the old days, your parents did not, I don't think, had the guts or the gall to put something up publicly. And, I, and there's something very interesting about what's going on in college sports is that as you professionalize it, you've almost made it more infantile. I think there's something very, I, I see this a lot. And there used, like to me, I never thought I wouldn't be a college football fan. But what what is going on and what's taking place, it's hard to have an association when you literally have teams that are bringing in 35 new players at once and half of them are transferred. <laughs> I never thought I'd get to this point, but college football will never be the same as it we was. We got breaking news. We got breaking news. Uh, Zach Wilson was just benched. Um, I knew it. I told you. <laughs> I fucking uh, told you. I told, I told everybody. A month ago, I said they were going to bench this guy. They've got to get Flacco in the game of Mike White. I told you. The Manhattan Mill Hunter. Go to the bench. <laughs> That's my right. team, too. Get this fucking guy out of here. You know, you, know what the problem is? you know what the problem is, though? When he said no, Ugh. that he had no no quarrels with the defense because he only had nine completions, I just found that to be so fucking egotistical for another, another uh, example of lack of respect for what has happened before us. Because I would have been in there, Matt, eating crow, Humility, fight him. setting in like, man, I fucked my defense. I let us down. I, they played. You, know you know how much the defense would love him if he walked in and he was like, yo, I suck today. Belichick beat the shit out of me. He schemed the hell out of us. I couldn't, i not saying seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold, but be like, look, we're going to get him next time. This is two games we mm-hmm. lost to New England. We should have won. We've got to get better, and it's on me, and I'm going to get yeah. better as a leader. If he would have said that, they would have rallied around him and everything would have been good. But his smug ass went in there and was like, oh, I'm fucking Wilson. I'm fucking, I'm special. I've been special my whole life. Everyone told me I was special at BYU. You know, Booger McFarland said, like, he's, he's entitled to grow up with money. Now, I grew up in a trailer. It's far from having money. So I'm not going to sit here and act like people that have money don't grow up more entitled. But not all of them do. Yeah. I know a lot of fucking guys who are whose parents are loaded who bust their ass. So that's a broad assumption. That's like saying everybody that comes from poverty is just going to stay in poverty. That's not true either. So this situation is kind of like a full circle of smugness. Like you can act smug and you can be smug all you want when when you're winning. But the minute you lose, if you put that smug front up, everyone's going to look at you and be like, what the fuck is your deal, bro? Why can't you, you do, I don't know if you watched our show last night with Sean Salisbury. He broke it down to a, a T. He said, you know what? I would have watched film as a team, and I've done that with my teams before, and I would have had a whole team watch it, and we would have dissected the offense with the defense in there, and we would have oh, shown yeah. how bad mm-hmm. we were. And then if I were Zach Smith, and this is an opportunity the head coach is giving our quarterbacks, I would have Wilson. stood up and said, Coach Sala, turn off the lights, please. Turn on the lights. Can I address the team real quick? You guys know what? I was emotional. I should never have said what I said after the game. I apologize. I am absolutely 100% at fault. I was horrible. And I should not have made excuses about the wind and the fucking rain and the fucking every excuse in the book. And Salisbury said, 
you know what? We had to play John Elway one game, and I had if I would have went in there after winning and losing that game and saying, you know what? Fuck no, I played my ass off. I don't give a fuck about what you guys did on defense. He said that he would have got not only his ass beat, he would have fucking <laughs> just lost the roster, right? You'd have lost the team. You would not have been. Well, he just did. Wilson just lost his team. He lost his job. He will never get it back because Flacco or White. Who's going to start? Who are they starting? White or Flacco? I don't know that. Well, I hope they start Joe because Joe looked pretty good at the beginning of the year. I can't fucking believe I just said that on on this radio show. I hope they start Joe Flacco. What in the fuck is going on right now? Well, I can't believe I just said that. Because quarterbacks are bad across the world. I just said I've been saying. I know. It. I can't listening. believe it. I'm just saying. I was... like, if Joe Flacco can take the Jets to the playoffs. Wilson can take the Jets to the strip club. <laughs> Most of those might be too young, though, for him. I say quarterback plays at an all-time fucking level. Yeah. Oh, hey, 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 Matt, those girls might be too young at the strip club for Wilson. Uh, he likes the older ones? Yeah. Well, no, the one thing about Wilson, I, I liked him out of BYU, but, but they played that that low, that low kind of that interesting schedule in that COVID year, and they blew out a bunch of teams that really were not invested in the football that season but I remember when he got drafted, like, top three, I said, oh, boy. He second, dog. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I don't well, know about right when this. they drafted him, being a Jet, like, a lawman fan, I literally remember saying, oh, they just drafted the Mormon Sam Darnold. Great. Yeah, and some of the, you know, it's interesting. If you watch the cut-ups of that game last weekend or Sunday, the body language on his receiver said it all. I, I look. They don't say it yeah, publicly. With yeah, like so, like Garrett Wilson got missed on one route, and he had a look like, "Geez, I, I mean, it's just like you could you could tell when guys are popular or not in a locker room just by the body language. They're, they're going to be Captain Cliche in the locker room, and just the way he said, "Oh no, no, it's not me." It was so flippant. I I said, "Oh, you you I'm you, the quarterback. It's not yeah, me. you you lost. I don't the touch room. the ball every play. What yeah." The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I, I gotta go. I gotta go train the next generation of monsters. So, hey, gobble gobble! Happy Thanksgiving to both of you and your families. Uh, everybody out there in Coach JB Show Land, thank you for watching. We love you. Um, and gobble gobble to you uh, as well. I hope you the boy, James Winston. James Winston. I don't know who this is though. Well, look, look, bro. If the Jamin Winston troll wants to get on and defend him, I, that's fine. But understand that you're just all you're doing is barking up a tree that you can't climb <laughs> hey this kind of scares me right here yeah be careful that they are not outside your fucking house right now with duct tape stretched out <laughs> hey i got wait for this motherfucker to come outside and watch i'm gonna get him I got sawed-off shotties and dogs. Hey, he's got to produce a face. So I can't do we got we got pimples and sawed-offs, bitch. Break in. Hey, I, I gotta have a face, or I can't have you on the show, dog. I love it. Hey, Kim, happy Thanksgiving, brother. JB, love you, bro. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Go and your family. I will talk to you guys on Monday. Peace. All right, bro. Steve, man, I appreciate you hanging out. Fuck, you've been on an hour, man. I appreciate you coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Uh, I'll see you soon, though. Let's get together for a game watch Sunday. We'll make no it doubt. happen. I appreciate right, it. brother. Have a great right, Thanksgiving. Good. Um, hey, it's a great day to have a great day. I'm waiting on my main man. He just exited the building, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, let's see if he comes in. Um, he's here, but I don't see a face, so uh, I'm waiting to see uh, Jameis's author. Um He's been on a lot of shows. He does a lot of shows, but I don't know. Uh, once he shows us his face, we'll bring him in and get after it. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Um, so we're going to see here. I mean, he's a verified guy. He's got a... He's big on uh, Instagram and Twitter, so I, I don't know. I will see. Um, author, author James, author, what's going on? You hear me? I'm going to need a video, brother. Uh, we're going to have to move on. He's saying his connection's horrible. I don't know. I'm not going to play this game, though. Um, if he can't get on, he can't get on. Uh Dr. Mendoza in the house. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Doc. We were going to have an interesting conversation with Jameis Winston's manager, but uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, he's very mad at me that I posted a thing about um, Jameis Winston saying that he should not lose his job due to injury. And I said, well, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have lost their job through injury. Uh, a lot. And um, so... Let me ask you something. If you were Jameis Winston's manager and author, come on, dog. If you're, hey, dog, I'm going to be honest. If you're really the guy, where's your video feed, man? You got to have better than Boost Mobile, brother. Ah, uh, man. Listen, I might have got bamboozled here. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, the guy's big. He's got a fucking following. I'm curious to see here. Uh... He's got quite the following. Um, yeah, I don't know what author would have that picture. Uh, I'm going to move on. Um, and uh, if he can't get in, he can't get in. He's typing to me. Um Man, who knows? This shit is crazy. Um, I I know you're in, bro. I need video. Not a fucking mask. I need a fucking real video. Hey, are you hear me? Hey, anonymous, you hear me? Anonymous, you hear me, dog? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I hear you, man. Where's the video at? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I hear you, man. Um Listen, man, I got to be well, honest. We uh, <laughs> that's why I'm anonymous. I'm like a ghost. Nobody ever sees me. ESPN, Barstool, nobody has to see my face. I hear you. Well, listen, man, I can't do the video. I yeah, can't can do the call. Huh? 
Hey, I can't do the call then, all right? So, I mean, you don't even the, have the connection. The, the, the connections. To... Come on, man. Give me a break. Hey, he's not on Instagram. I'm telling you right now. He's a real guy. But you got to be honest. Come on, dog. Give me a fucking break. Hey, what a fucking idiot. I can't do it. I'm out. Uh, hey, man, go enjoy your... Uh, go enjoy your... Thanksgiving. I appreciate everybody jumping in. We got played by Jameis Winston's handler. Uh, Barstool and ESPN. Shut the fuck up. They're not going to do a video with you in a mask. Hey, I gave him my shot, dog. That's all I could do. Hey, man, I appreciate all you guys, man. Enjoy Thanksgiving. I'm headed out to see Pat Perez in Arizona. I'll be chilling with them. Uh, welcome back on Monday. I will see you Monday after the weekend. Enjoy turkey gobble gobble. And uh, it's been a great week, man. Uh, appreciate everybody. Much love to you guys. Pound the like button. Hit subscribe. Become a member if you're not one. And we'll see you next Monday. Go watch Last Chance Q, last night's episode. Happy Thanksgiving to all, man. Appreciate you guys. Peace.